The Jeep Celebration event is here, which means great deals on the SUVs built to stand the test of time are waiting. Hurry in before time runs out. FCA vehicle owners financing at $4,750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models and dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo models as of 3-3-2020 in dealer stock. Current vehicle must be registered for 30 days. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 3-31-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey everybody, this is Craig Perra from Sex Afflictions and Porn Addictions, and uh, I'm really excited that you are here, that you are listening, that you are taking steps to create healthy sexuality in your life, um, and, and to create a great life. Those two things go inexorable. Those two uh, major components, healthy sexuality and a great life, are inexorably intertwined, meaning they are so connected they may be different, but they can't be separated. And we're going to be talking about that today. And I have a very, very special guest in my line of work. I get to talk to so many interesting, cool people. And uh, this is one of them. We had such a great conversation when we talked and said, Let, let, let's, just, let's just do it, do it live. Um, and I really um, uh, enjoyed it. I have with me John Fort, who is the director of training from Be Broken, a spiritual um, recovery uh, support system, network, a whole bunch of other things that John's going to tell you about. Welcome, John. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, man, it's so glad to have you. Listen, my, my, my introduction was woefully inadequate, so let everybody know who you are, um, what you do, and what brought you to this wonderful world of helping men um, and their partners struggling um, with, with compulsive sexual behavior. Well, what brought me to it was, uh, you know, when no kid ever dreams of being a, a porn addiction specialist growing up. But uh, uh, what brought me to it was uh, all kinds of abuse as a kid and involvement with porn way too early and out of control sexual behaviors very, very young that just destroyed my life. And when I got married, nearly destroyed my marriage, but somehow uh, getting through all that and getting some help from counselors and stuff. Uh, made me want to uh, dedicate my life to trying to help other people in similar situations get out. So oh, awesome, man. And uh, I'll tell you, you know how it resonates with guys, you know, mm -hmm. who have so much shame to be able to connect with someone who's been there. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that goes so far with the guys you're working with. Tell, tell us a little bit about what you're doing today to help others. Well, I'm the director of training. My background is in education, so I've kind of applied that to where I'm at now. And what I'm doing now is creating online training and live training, a lot of it, some of it to help individuals and families, but some of it also to train other leaders. Um, I'm not a counselor, but I do a fair amount of training uh, to counselors. Great, great, great. And so Be Broken, is it a, it's a spiritual-centric? Um, Tell us a little bit about that. What, what, what's yeah, be, be Broken's been around for 15 years. Um, I worked at another organization doing support groups before I worked there. Um, and they, do, they started doing intensives for men, this idea that men could go to a three-day thing with a therapist and a guy like you or I to work with them to uh, get a really big head start on their, their recovery um, they still needed more going out, but it was a really good way to get started. They started that 15 years ago, and they've grown since. We have stuff for wives now, uh, like you do, um, and uh, we do our online training. Uh, includes parenting training, training for parents to help. Let's 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 put an end to this by starting the stopping the problems before they start when kids are younger. Um, that's part of what we're doing. So that is so great, and that need. Oh my God, parents! You know, so many of them have their head in the sand. We did a podcast on this a few weeks ago, where we, you know, did our best to call people out in a kind, loving, empathetic way. But if they don't step up and do something about this, um, uh, like I'd love it to be a time where I'm not insanely busy. You know, I mean, yeah. I, the way this is going, I'm going to be able to retire in five years. It's absolutely insane. Right. Right. So glad that you're doing it. And I'm so glad, John, about what we're talking about today, because I think that, you know, it, it, it's, it's I intentionally chose a non-sexual topic, at least in, in its core, to talk about, because I find that this critical 
area around the power of purpose gets overlooked and focus of how many times they did the thing within this period of time. What's your experience um, around this um, purpose with people coming to you? Is it the same as mine? Well, to be honest, I've been doing this for, I've been uh, working in recovery circles for 24 years. Um, Way back a long time ago, one of the early pioneers in this work, uh, Dr. Mark Laser, uh, said that uh, recovery is not just about stopping behaviors, but replacing fantasies with a vision. And I remember reading that a long time ago, but it kind of skipped over me. And to be really honest with you, um, um, I think I lost sight of how important this is um, and when I work with men myself. Um, and uh, what draw my attention to it, to be honest with you, was a book that came out just this last fall that that discusses the findings of a study of 3,800 men and women who were trying to escape unwanted sexual behaviors, whether that's pornography or whatever. And they found the most important factor to a person's recovery is uh, identifying and a clear sense of purpose for their life. That was more important than anything else they did. And that hit me when I thought back about all the years we've been working with this. And it's like, you know, I, even I have not been putting the kind of importance on this that it needs to have. And so, so give me that quote again. That sounded so perfect. The one where you replace fantasy. I want everyone listening. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Mark Laser said, recovery is not just about stopping behaviors. It's about replacing fantasies with a vision. And vision is similar to purpose. Same kind of idea. Yes, yes, yes. What, 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 why, why do you think that's so important? You know, of all the things that, you know, might work little bits and pieces here and there, what is it about this, 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 this part that for many seems as an aside, almost seems secondary to recovery. And I'm so glad we're, again, we're talking about this because we're telling you and John just showed you a study where it's number one, the most important thing. Why do you think that's so? Well, most of us, I mean, there's always, I suppose there's a difference, but the vast majority of people that I've ever worked with is these behaviors became a way to cope with life, to deal with some kind of stress we don't know how to deal with, um, maybe past abuse or whatever that we, that we never could reconcile. It could just be we never learned to deal with disappointment. Um, and so somehow early on we learned that masturbation and pornography and all that kind of stuff got our mind off of that stuff. Uh, maybe we never felt really accepted or fit in anywhere, but sexual behavior, when in the middle of it, you feel like I'm being gratified right now. Or even looking at pornography, it, it, we feel like we're being accepted, even though what's on the other end is an inanimate thing. I mean, it's a picture of something that's not even real. And so um, the purpose, the purpose helps us kind of see what am I here for? In other words, I think a lot of our unwanted sexual behaviors is a desperate search for trying to figure out why am I even here um, in, in a way. Uh, when recovery, we start recovery, a lot of times we have to stop behaviors and we're doing a lot of work with, with this little bit of behavior modification that sometimes kind of has to go on right off, right off the bat. But that stuff, recover, what kind of a vision is the rest of my goal in life is to not do something. Oh, depressing. Right? I'm depressed even hearing about it. Yeah. My goal in life is to not look at porn. Well, what kind of a goal is that, you know, to not do something? We, we have to have something to look forward to, to, drive, to pull us forward. We can learn all the tools in the world, but unless we have a reason to use them, what difference does it make? So that's kind of a, I'm talking about two different things here. But. Yeah, no, no, but so, so, so connected. One of the interesting um, series of studies that I've been reading about recently that have come from heart disease, diabetes, and cancer, you know, these long-term illnesses, is that they found that people who had a had their life's purpose, actually lived longer. I believe it was 20%. It might even been higher, but I'm hearing on the conservative just so I'm not um, inflating it. Um, they lived longer. They didn't get disease as often. And when they did get disease, they recovered quicker. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that doesn't, between the study and the mortality you know, uh, information that we have before us, if that doesn't tell our listeners that they need to put this purpose mm -hmm. front and center, um, I don't know what's going to do it. Yeah, there's another another uh, uh, kind of a research thing related to this is Portugal. 
uh, the country of Portugal, like many countries, had an out-of-control drug problem. And their government did something wiser than any other government ever heard of, was to study what people in any kind of compulsive behavior need. And they realized that these people were very disconnected from life. They were very disconnected from communities or people. They didn't have any, you know. And so what they did was they spent all the money that they would have spent incarcerating people in getting them connected to community and getting them jobs and that kind of stuff. And drug use went down 50%. In the country, of, in the entire country, there's a whole YouTube thing on it. And so, there's a great quote out there, John, that I love: "The opposite of the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety; it's connection." Yes, yes. That might have been Jonathan Howry's video on the the you know everything he learned about addiction was wrong, and it spoke of that Portugal yes. experiment yes. that's working better than anywhere else in the world. Yeah, but here's an interesting thing: the same study I talked about that. That, that brought out how purpose is the most important thing. They, they, they uh, studied accountability. You hear that word thrown around a lot, right? Well, here's the deal. Accountability in that study out of almost 4,000 people only works 22% of the time. Wow. Now here, wow. But, but what he found out is because the way people are doing accountability has nothing to do with relationship. It's about stop that. Accountability can focus, can give us a kind of a subject fatigue of getting tired of just focusing on one tiny piece of our life and not doing something. That whole not doing thing doesn't work. Is that community, what came out of this is community is not supposed to be a little group of people who help us not do something, but is to discover our purpose in life. In other words, my, my guess is, what they found in Portugal is through getting people, helping them get jobs and helping them get connected, they begin to feel like, oh, I'm here for something. I have something to do. Is that we discover our purpose and our vision through real community. But it has to be real community, not some uh, shame-based accountability group that's telling you to quit, just keep slapping your hand every week kind of thing. So what are some things, John, knowing this is so important, and I, you know, I think as persuasive as we are, there are still some who are going to, um, uh, you know, not focus on this to their peril. That you know, that, but but but, folks, I mean, this has you know been one of the most, the most persuasive case I've seen uh, to pay attention to this. How can what, what? How does someone start? They're at that rock bottom. They're listening to this podcast. They are low. And listen, I know how I use my low, and I'm guessing you've got a similar um, yeah. story there. Not not only finding purpose in the life we want to create for ourselves, but the purpose in the suffering, pain, hurt, anguish, compulsion. Uh, but how should someone get started? Well, the, I think the first thing to start, according to what they're suggesting in these studies, is we have to find a community, some people that care about us and that we care about and get involved in that to not sit on the sidelines and it doesn't have to be a big group of people i'm kind i'm kind of an introvert myself i don't like parties with tons of people i like two or three people and to sit around and talk with them we need to find uh, to put ourselves out there the proactiveness to this to start looking at um getting around some people and then in that process um one of the things to do is to look at our successes in life one of the roadblocks they, dis roadblocks they discovered to finding purpose is viewing the past through a lens of failure. When, when we look at our past, all we look at is all the things we messed up at. Well, all of us have succeeded at something or other. You know what I mean? So a piece of this is we have this idea of community. And in that, we're talking about some of the things that we did well in life or that we're happy about, you know. And so, so switching from a negative viewpoint to a positive viewpoint helps us begin to see what I might be good at doing, what a vision for me might be. We do that through the lens of what we do best at. Um, and to, they also mentioned not being preoccupied with current sexual failures. So as we're beginning to move out of behaviors, instead of putting our focus on every time we mess up, it's our focus on every time we do right. Every time we do the thing that we meant to do instead. Um, th those are, those are two things to do again it's best if we can do that in communities and by ourselves um those so, are two. So pause you there just a quick question do you find do you struggle with delivering that message to partners in the sense that are you saying to take his are you saying i should 
um, take his slips? Are you saying I, I shouldn't be uh, upset when he slips? There, there, there's this fear, I, 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 and I've been working on this myself in my partner's group, and we've had these amazing conversations where I just said, I'm taking the filter off. If I say something that's going to hurt your feelings, please know the, the, the intention, the spirit of what I'm trying to help you understand about your partner who's struggling with compulsive sexual behavior. But, but uh, what do you say to the people who might frown on a response like that because it's enabling or, uh, or it's somehow um, – um, you know, saying the behavior is okay. Well, let me put a, describe a little bit how the, the kind of a model that, that I'm used to using is at the center of what we're working on is identifying what emotional needs um, were, have not been met and we were using some form of sexuality to meet. If you don't know why you were doing it, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, and that takes some help. It might take some counseling. It might take some mentor, a person like yourself or, or whoever to help a person weed through. And like, why am I doing this? What's missing in my life? That might be loneliness or it might be, I feel like I'm a failure or it might be, um, I just can't handle rejection. And whenever rejection have happens, it in my, to me, it's hugely magnified. All right. So what we need to do then is they need to develop, well, what do I do instead of whatever it was I'm trying not to do when I feel this way? Um, for example, loneliness has been a big deal with me. And early on, um, when my wife, my wife had a job a long time ago where she traveled literally around the world. And when she was out of town, I could be doing great before, but I would fall apart when she would leave town because I felt alone. I felt abandoned, whatever is kind of recreating some childhood trauma, whatever. Um, but then I needed to think, okay, my wife's going to be gone. I need people. So I'm going to arrange time to hang out with some guys or whatever to some of those times. So I'm not alone for three days um, or a week or however long she was going to be gone. I have some, I have some touch points to, to get that connection. So I'm realizing. So then if I came in, let's just use me, for example, I came into an, a group setting, some kind of group setting. If I said, well, my wife was gone and I looked at porn and then they say, well, did you, what was your plan when she was gone? And I say, I didn't have a plan. They're going to be more upset at me that I didn't have a plan for what to do than that I looked at porn when she was gone. You see what I'm saying? Because I'm not going to get anywhere until I start putting in place the positive things. For Let's say, for example, that a guy like in this same situation with me or someone else came into a, a group setting and said, um, my wife was gone and um, I called the guy up and we met and everything was good. Um, I, I still looked at porn once. The, the, the concern is I did, the, the focus in that case is, I'm on the right track and that I put in place, I had a plan, I put it in place, it's meeting my needs, I'm doing something positive. I, I am com connecting with people, I'm sharing my feelings with people, and that's more, the question is more whether or not I did something to meet my needs than whether I slipped. Now, if a person slips week after week after week after week, we probably got to say, okay, so your plan's not working too great. We need to adjust your plan. You see what I'm saying? The focus is always on what's the positive thing you're trying to do. That seems to maybe take a little longer to start working, but it lasts a lot longer. You can do behavior. I, this is horrible. I hope nobody watching this does this. I have heard of groups that have a jar, and if you screw up, you have to put 20 bucks in the jar. Well, eventually, you teach people to either – they're doing it because of outside control or they just start lying to you. One of the two. All right. That's behavior modification and it works really fast and also stops working really fast as soon as you take away the jar and you're not fixing anything. You see what I'm saying? I I'm concerned about fixing something. What I'm concerned. Worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you get what I'm saying? Yes. I understand people, people sound like I'm being, you know, too generous by not focusing so much on the slip. But that focusing on the slip isn't going to fix anything. Focusing on a different direction to take with our emotional pain, that's what's going to fix something. Yeah, so, so, so true. It's interesting how, um, how uh, aligned we are to folks who you know, haven't met before this and, and really saying things that aren't in your traditional literature, aren't the focus of what at least I see out there, mm -hmm. yet you know, us saying it's the most important thing. One of the interesting exercises, John, that I do when we start, and, and you know, curious to get your, uh, your take mm -hmm. on it, I call it the positive attribute exercise. Yeah. And I, I love it because I, 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 I love throwing curveballs sometimes. You know, they didn't see that coming, and it just, yeah. just kind of drives home 
that awakening. But what I'm asking men to do is to identify essentially all of, in quotes, the positive attributes of your compulsive sexual behavior. What is it doing for you? Stop, you know, I get all the shame, I get all the pain, I get, you know, like, I, and I get that. I, my heart's here, I, I feel that for you. Um, but you're doing it and you're doing it a lot and it's doing something for you, whether you're watching porn and the numbing, coping and escaping, if you're having an affair, um, the excitement, the, uh, the, the, the thrill, the, the nervous energy, the, the significance. Um, and, and once men get over the hump of like, what are you really asking me to write this down? <laughs> and I, yes, I am. Um, it's a path towards them understanding their unmet needs which it sounds like that's yes. what you're looking to do as well as making these guys understand or empowering them to understand um what's driving them so they can take conscious action to meet those needs in a healthy constructive way yeah well no i completely i think that's a great idea uh, the, the author of that study i told you about his name is jay stringer went even farther than that he's saying that in typically okay what so i went to therapy years ago and i've been in support groups and I, I think you have to be careful in support group about this but with a mentor they, basically kind of the rule was nobody asked like take porn no one really asked you like well exactly what are you looking up describe to me what you're and like no one it's like that's like taboo this guy says you need to do that and the reason he said was that will help point out where your pain is coming from is like what you're looking at if you're looking can help show unra uh, unravel what this the problem is um, if you're trying to get rid of a symptom, but you don't know what you want, um, you're going to fail. Like you said, what do you want? What's this doing for you? We need to get at what our behaviors or porn or whatever it is, is doing for us. If we don't know what it's doing for us, how do we know, find something to replace that? You, you, you can, you're not going to break the habit because you're going to be, see, it's not just the, the common phrase is break a habit, make a habit. We've all heard that. Um, as I've, evolved and continue to learn in that area it's break a habit make the right habit that's going to meet that need in a healthy constructive way and and back to your point and i, I the people out there couldn't see me but when you uh, were talking about john asking those specific questions i tilted back and i and i i, I laughed out loud um one of my questions early on is essentially so You've been um, in the bender for five hours. You've decided there's one more left. Where do you go? What yeah. video are you looking at at that moment? Right. And, 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 you know, you and I could come up with a whole bunch of other questions that really right, right. pinpoints that, can't we? But I agree. There's value in um, what you're watching and, and where you're going to from a health, from a, from independently in the sexual health you know, side of the equation that that's important there because that often reveals repressed desires, um, you know, discord between what they like or what they think they like, or, or that, um, you know, that escalation at getting worse and worse. And on the other side, um, you know, th that, 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 that feeding understanding, um, you know, what needs aren't being met or are, be, are being repressed or being subordinated to others. I think that's such a smart idea. I really do. Yeah, it really, it, it's interesting. There are people who act like we're supposed to repress, repress repression doesn't help anything. It just makes it blow up bigger. Uh, here's an interesting quote from uh, Jay Stringer, the author of this, the, the thing I said that this is the last one read, but this was just too good not to repeat. What if your agonizing involvement with pornography or, or whatever it is, is not an intruder that must be assassinated, but a symptom to bring to your community in order to discover your life purpose. Oh my gosh. That is like front page. That, that is so, 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 so smart. That was great. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that, and, and that's the gift for every guy now. You know, listen, I've kind of, my next podcast, John, and I'll give the warning label now to you guys out there. There were 339 arrests in Southern California over the course of the past few days because as I've been telling men who have been calling me, um, I have inside information that vice arrests are going to increase nationwide due to an increase in funding and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's happening. And then, of course, every time the Super Bowl comes, more attention on sex trafficking and these men, um, you know, and, 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 and here they are after the fact 
reaching out for help after mm-hmm. the cuffs have been slapped on them, after the cameras were in their face, after their family learned about their behavior um, on the news. And they, right, but, but, but the minute before that happened, they were happy. They were having fun. They were like the 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 the, the addict in, in in Six Flags, you know, doing their thing. And yes, they may have felt shame, and it's that thrill of victory, agony of defeat. And if your compulsive sexual behavior is remains the most exciting aspect of your life, you're gonna come back to it, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. P- part of I remember my therapist. This was the first few weeks I started seeing him. And at this point, I was as low as I could get. And, um, well, I thought it was. But uh, he said to me, when you start recovery, you will become much more creative than you are now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I didn't believe that at all. But it was completely true. Is It frees us to see all these other exciting things that we can do. And things, quite frankly, I just thought, I, I could never do. I, I'm never going to do that, you know. One of the things that I always wanted to do was write, but I'm like, I, yeah, I can't, I'm not, you know, who's kidding who? Well, I have four books now and another book about to be published. And so it's like that I never would have in a million years dreamed that would happen. Um, but, um, and there you are. You yeah. Know, I mean, and, and here you are you know, ready to drop your fifth book. Um, what, uh, what, what, um, where can people get your books? I don't want to forget to, to do that, but if anybody wants to pick up some of your stuff and I hope you guys do, cause there's a lot of great information here and this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, what, what, what maybe one you recommend or just where people can get it. That, that's well, the they're all on Amazon, but it's easier to look at, just look at my website and you see everything there. It's John W Fort.com J O H N W F O R T.com. And everything is there. Some of my stuff is a fiction, but even my fiction series is actually kind of an undercover analogy about porn addiction. Um, really? Yeah, I don't. I don't tell people that. So it's inside information. If you know that going in, you'll totally know what the book's talking about. But there's that's not the, there's no sex or anything at all in the book. But if you know that one piece of information, it completely changes what you think you're reading. Oh, I can't wait to check that out. My my dream, um, John, is a musical about you know my journey or someone else's journey i i just the thought of putting that insanity to a musical just um makes me smile um so yeah maybe maybe i'll have my musical someday and you're absolutely right about that creativity piece because the so many men start this journey after getting caught and 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 Yes, they are ashamed. They are devastated. They 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 they're exposed, and there's often a part of themselves that is depressed because, like, this was their fun. This was their secret. This was their private thing. The one thing that I had for me, and and that the, the one glimmer of hope and an otherwise underachieving mediocre disconnected life and now that's been taken away and and sometimes i feel like i'm uh you know like like trying to push that narrative like listen you deal with this you're gonna be more successful you're going to uh be more connected to opportunities that you might otherwise been you're gonna be happier you're gonna be more creative and i don't like, I don't want to, like, make guarantees. You know what I mean? I don't, I, like, I, I feel funny about that, but I can speak to what happened to me and what I've seen with my clients. Um, you know, common denominator of sex addiction and porn addiction, I don't care how successful you may appear, on the outside is underachievement, mediocrity, mm-hmm. malaise at best. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're, you're like a person who's spending all kinds of energy on something that's not helping you with anything. And when you redirect that energy um, to something that really helps you or, or, or helps other people or whatever, um, it, it just, it just untaps what you're able to do. It elevates what you're capable of doing by many factors. And as far as the excitement thing goes, it's interesting because I, I would not have believed this when I was in my addictive mindset, but um it's one thing to have all this exciting stuff that's a secret that you can't talk to anybody else about. It's a different thing when what you're most excited about is something you share with the people you're closest to. That's way more fun when you can talk about the things that really excite you with people. 
it, it's infectious and, yeah. and 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 you know what 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 i think a lot of the, the belief system and tell me if this is your experience the belief system that i think a lot of men have coming into recovery especially those who've been delaying it for you know who, who kind of know they have a problem but have been putting it off is that listen i know i'm supposed to take care of myself but if i take care of myself um the people around me are going to suffer and then i kind of respond you mean worse than they are now <laughs> like like worse than than like you what you got right now is a function of that lack of self-care and but there comes a point where they realize that as they um become mindful of their needs they get their needs met they discover and start living their life's purpose even if it's little baby steps and that light is glowing even um, just a tiny bit brighter the people around them instead of um losing because they're gaining they rise like the tides whether they're work colleagues whether it's their children and certainly their partner um that that you know i call it good selfish because i know the word selfish really resonates with me and uh, lots of my guys you know it's it's we the guys you're listening you know selfish right and and but the good selfish of you prioritizing you what you need to do if you're going to um you know not just discover but live that life's purpose don't you think yeah when i started recovery i was in weekly therapy and support groups and i mean i was always doing stuff because i was a mess and i complained because my daughter had been born my first kid had been born not too far before and i complained to my therapist um that like I, can't, I don't have time for my fam my family. My kids didn't grow up without seeing me. And he had no empathy. He goes, you're not going to be worth being a father unless you do this. So um, he was right. I didn't want to hear that. But he didn't put up with that for a second. The idea is, is that I needed to put myself first in recovery. Otherwise, my wife and kids, I wouldn't be worth, they wouldn't want to be around who I was otherwise. Fortunately, I, I got that help before my when my kids my first daughter was an infant, and so by the time I had my other kids, they grew up with with me being in a good state of mind the whole their whole childhood pretty much. So they were spared that um, side of me. Oh, so wonderful! But, yeah, but only because I took the time to take care of myself, and it was not short. Um, I was that I was a, I was a hot mess, and so I was in that kind of a twice a week kind of thing for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I remember those days. In the beginning, it was, well, it, it, it's after I was an impatient for three days because I tried to kill myself snorting bat salts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I read a New York Times article that said these drugs are legal and they are worse than like cocaine, uh, PCP, um, uh, ecstasy, uh, and meth combined. And I thought it'd be a good idea to try it. I mean, that's where my mind says what was John at the time. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Thank you. I'm going to go try that. And very quickly, um, you know, I sunk to a low point and, um, I got out and, uh, I got fired and a number of things, you know, came together and hitting that low point where I began to, you know, find my purpose in it and and when i began to you know like like feed the right wolf inside mm -hmm. me and, and and not obsessively focus on not doing the thing that being said though there is so there are just i think a number of impediments to us men yeah. em embracing that what are your experience and some of the challenges and help men getting over the hump or 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 embracing that vulnerability which is so necessary for the connection and and, and discovering that life's purpose um, what, what are some of the hurdles that you have to help guys overcome? Well, the first one is just trusting whatever small group of people they're talking with, whether that's a mentor or a small group of guys or whatever, because they don't know if they can trust people with being honest. And, and so there's a time of where whoever they're coming to has to prove that, that and, and that's why in those early times, it's not the time to beat people up. They're beat up enough. It, it, they need to be encouraged. And then there is the, the kind of self-doubt and we begin to look at like as we begin to develop a vision and like maybe 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 I could be whatever um and then we well then we you know I, I couldn't really do that I'm not really because we think we just think of all the failures and the sexual failures we've had in our life and that's when we need that's why it's so important to have community some kind of group around you that's that's encouraging you and and and, and 
to, to take that step that's scary. For me, that was totally true. I was afraid to do anything that I, I want to fail. And they'd say, it's okay if you fail. Who cares? Just try, you know, any of these things. So with other guys, it's just all that they need encouragement because I, I, I don't think that can really happen. I could never really have a good relationship with my wife or if they're not married. I, I could, I know a guy that I'm working with now is like, eh, no, no woman would ever want me. And, and just they have such a low opinion of themselves when they, when they finally slow down and be honest with themselves and look at how much destruction they've caused. Then they, they, when they look at themselves in that light, they have a hard time imagining anything positive coming out of it. So that, that's, that's one of the things. Um, and they just need a lot of encouragement to take that next step. Next step. It, it's hard. Um, so what, what do you, what do you say to the partners on one hand, you know, here, these guys lead a, need a lot of encouragement. Um, and listen, I know, load, you know, I ask you the loaded questions, John, <laughs> just because it's, um, you know, and, and what, what the, and I'll, I'll share with you just, just in, in all fairness, because I think it's a tough question that I've been reconciling with what I have been, the, the, the lens through which I've been approaching it with the partners is, um, sharing with them my experience with the common root cause that has plagued every one of my clients in the past seven years. And that's been lack of love for self. Mm -hmm. And I expand upon that and what that means and, and what that means in the relationship and how that relates to the behavior. So without asking them to, to, to do anything, um, you know, another one of my expressions is it's not the sex, it's the significance. And that's, you know, patently mm -hmm. obvious for my men who are particularly seeking it um, outside of the relationship with people. Um, and then the porn guys get it too, because they see how they're masking, you know, really how they feel about themselves mm -hmm. with the porn, that, that insignificance is living mm -hmm. in that moment. Um, but what, 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 what do you say um, to um, the, the, what advice do you give to partners who, um, you know, have been hurt, have been betrayed, and at the same time, want to be there um, for their husband? Yeah, I've seen, boy, working with, with wives is a tough one. Um, I've That's seen the hardest thing I do. all over the map. My wife um, she has a different job, but she's uh, run several support groups for wives. And so I talked with her and I've done some consulting and stuff, but that, that is a tough one because they're all over the map. Um, there are some women who are, this is my pro my husband's problem. I don't want to hear about it. He needs to go take care of it. And this is the analogy that seems to make the most sense to me is imagine your husband shot you. Yes, it's his problem. And yes, he needs to get help but you just got shot. You need to get help too. And so it, it is an enormous mistake for a wife to say, I don't need to do anything um, because they're hurt. And, and they, it doesn't matter if, even if they're going to leave their husband, you still need to work through this. This is not something just to walk away from. Um, that's it. The other thing is, and I've heard this from a number of therapists, if you do care about your husband and you want to keep the relationship together, what therapists, I don't have any research, but I've had a number of therapists tell me this. The number one factor in a guy getting better is whether his wife gets help for herself. And so, and so if, if you want your marriage to last, you have to get some help um, because that'll teach you how to interact with your husband in ways there's usually stuff going on that that people are triggering each other and things like that. They need to kind of untangle all that stuff as a two way street. Um, but the other thing is, is you need to take care of yourself and your husband needs to take care of himself before you can work on you as a couple. There's a certain amount of work that has to be done before they even know how to talk to each other. Um, so I'm not saying they need to separate during that time. You know, that that's no, their choice. You know, John, what I do is I won't do, any couple's work and I've gotten a number of offers and I'm blessed that people reach out to me for help. It feels great. The answer is no, I am mm -hmm. not going to do any couple's work with anybody. And, and, and not, 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 not only does he have to go through my program, she has to too. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason why I've insisted upon that rule is because people pay me to deliver results and, and I know what works now. Again, does it work for everybody? No, you've got to, and this is for everyone out there who's listening. You've got to find the right program 
for you. Check John out. You know, this sounds like I got some great stuff going out there and some obviously very smart people um, guiding and mentoring and coaching. Um, and and you, you got to find what works for you. But what works for me at the end of the day, when couples say, wow, this was great. We built something stronger. I never thought we'd be in this place where where he's more vulnerable and, and we're more connected oh, and, and our sex life is better after cheating, after secrets porn for years. It's when both people do the work because right. there's so much work to be done without no one's assigning blame. And that's one of the things that drives me crazy. Um, you know, you go on the website, say, listen, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And I understand the positive benefit, the, you know, the, the goal of that reassuring language. And yeah. of course it isn't. We're all responsible for our own actions. Uh, but I wish the message was, hey, you've been traumatized. Mm -hmm. Your reality has been turned upside down. You thought two plus two was four. The sun rises in the east and your husband's energy was directed towards you. And, it, and you learned it wasn't. And that's a mm -hmm. profound betrayal. And, and, and you need help. You need help. Mm -hmm. and, and it's related to the life's purpose question, too, isn't it, John? Because that, that, that you know, part of my life's purpose is being the best son of a gun husband that I possibly can for the woman who looked down at me mm -hmm. and, and didn't kick me, but reached out her hand mm -hmm. and helped me up from that dark place. That's part of my life's purpose is that, um, is, is that love and connection that I want in that most, you know, intimate and close of relationships. So it is related to, I mean, we went off on a little bit of tangent, but just to bring it back to life's purpose, again, we've got some serious overlap here, don't we? Yeah, I think so. But you're right that we need some help before that. I mean, m myself, I didn't know how, there's all kinds of things that I would say that I had no idea were hurtful. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And my wife said, wait, we both needed to learn how to communicate. I've heard other people say that uh, sexual addiction is a relationship disorder. It's like, we don't know how to relate to people. Yeah. Um, so we go do porn or buy sex or whatever, because that feels like a relationship and doesn't matter what we do, we're going to be treated the way we want it to. Um, so a big part of this, whether it's your purpose or whatever, we have to learn how to do relationship without hurting other people or turning people off constantly um, in order for us to be able to interact in any positive way with people. No, we can't fulfill our purpose until we take care of That's part of it. So we have to learn how to do that. Well, and it comes right back to what you said earlier. What we talked about is the opposite of addiction is in sobriety, back to those Portugal studies, yeah. connection. And, and, and obviously the connection that you have to you is important and the connection that you have to your most intimate best friend, lover, mm -hmm. mother, wife is, mm -hmm. is, is, is critically important as well. And I like that, um, um, relationship disorder. I use intimacy disorder yeah. um, to describe it. And, um, you know, I think that helps frame the problem in a way that points towards a solution versus um, sex addiction. Stop yeah. the sex. Okay. Have you, uh, uh, the problems are all still there. Um, what, what, what do you say, um, John, to guys who, um, you know, may have this, discovered their life's purpose but are struggling to live it what, any, any advice for those guys well i mean all of us kind of go through that i mean yeah, take, yeah. take writing for example I, I had to go to i went to a writing con writers conference and i found a mentor a writer who is a successful writer and studied under him for a while you know we need to learn to live in community and our purpose is through community. So even if you know what it is, you're still going to need that. You need some help with that. And um, that might cost some money that might that might is definitely going to take some time and relational uh, energy. So um, the, the uh, that's what your community is for is to help you figure out how to do that. Um, and, and, you know, here's another thing. Man, our, this is a whole cultural thing. This has to do with everybody. We are so impatient. Instant gratification is so much part of how we grow up. And discovering your purpose, it may take 20 years working on that. To, to You just don't stop. Do you know what I mean? Um, it took me 10 years to write my first book. 10 years for one book. And so um, you, you, you have to have some determination. And you have to have people around you to help you 
you know, get up when you get, when you sit and you're just tired. I don't want to do this anymore. And I, I love how you talked about, you know, how accountability needs to be, um, you know, stronger than just, Hey, how many times did you slip or how many triggers did you have or how many thoughts that you have? And, you know, it, it, it's Bill Gates was asked, you know, let, let, let's smart guy, right? We can't dispute that brilliant man. What is the one piece of advice you have for that? Every entrepreneur must follow. And you know what he said? And it's so self-serving. I want to acknowledge that right now. He said, hire a coach. He said, hire a coach. And the reason why he said that is all the reasons that you're articulating now. Um, you may not you know, know the intricacies of writing or developing the beeline story and, and you know, all the complicated things that must go into writing a fiction book. And my mind is starting to like, wow, I mean, that's a lot to keep all those stories together and flowing and, you know, and, and editing and then publishing and promoting it and, you know, finding that mentor. And I think we've lost that in this country. At least I see it so often. I ask, you know, friends, do you have a mentor? Well, I did when I was a kid. You know, I had one when I was in college. I had one, you know, as a young adult. And then we get to this place is I want someone in my life always that is um, inspiring me, that's taking it to another level, that, that's more connected. Um, how important is, uh, listen, loaded question. I know the answer, but how important is your community, John, to you living your best life? Well, the times that I have made the biggest improvements and felt a passion for my purpose the most was when I had the most people involved in my life. Um, I guess not even most. I've had with two or three guys that, that I would have that we was really involved with talking with and just talking through life, you know. Um, what I found is, though, that we live in a transitory <laughs> place. And I would remember being very disappointed when the guy who was really important to me, we were actually the same age, but um, he was a guy with a very, very high position in the company. Um, but he had a, a past story that was unbelievable. That was a lot more like mine. And he said, no one, but he had never shared with anyone but me, all the stuff that happened to him as a kid. Um, and we grew huge respect for each other and mentored kind of each other back and forth kind of thing. And when that had to end because of a life change in his situation where he, he just couldn't do that anymore, that was really hard. And then realizing now I've got to replace him. And so, so, um, mentors are hugely important and sometimes it's a little bit of up and down of when we have them when we don't that kind of thing but it um uh and sometimes it means unfortunately it can't mean you have some mentor that you have for your entire life i maybe sometimes some people do but that time in our our uh, nation's history seems to be a little bit past when people stick around long enough to be in your life forever because yeah, having a mentor on facebook is not the same thing as having a mentor that you can go have coffee with yeah, yeah. And, and I was going to say the good news, I mean, the, the counterbalance is the internet has allowed us to connect with people all over the world. But you're right, nothing like that, that, that uh, you know, face to face regular interaction. So any, um, any final thoughts, uh, John, on life's purpose? Um, you know, I, I'm so glad that we focused on this subject. We danced into a couple of others, but those are all um, connected, but is there anything else that, you know, we didn't cover or any, you know, really any, any, anything else that you might want to say? Well, when I, uh, revisited this idea about purpose and how important it is, the question in my mind, well, well, what's the process of figuring out your purpose? And I talked with a bunch of mentors <laughs> and people, and basically the answer was like, there is no process. It, it, it's not like a formula you go through. It's you talk with your friends and people you're close to with your community and you kind of keep talking about it until you work something out that, that, that hits you and you feel this is it. And so, and that can take a long time. It can take a while. It's okay if it takes a while. Um, it's also okay if like 10 years from now, I change what I sense my purpose is. That's okay. It doesn't have to be your, your purpose at 15 is not the same. It is at 35. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm, I'm a very analytical kind of person. At first, that bothered me. I wanted like a real clear cut. This You go through these, check off these check boxes, and then you'll have your purpose. Um, but it's communities doesn't, doesn't operate that way. And so um, 
after I got over that, I realized that's a relief kind of is that purpose is just something we discover um, while talking with the people who are most important to us and sharing our dreams and daring to talk about, well, I've never told anybody, but I always wished I could, you know, write a musical like in your case. And so, because uh, um, it's scary, you throw that out there and then people might think you're crazy, you know, but um, that, that, that's, um, that's kind of how it happens. It's not a, I, I guess I, my finishing thing would be to say that um, there, there is not a specific process to go through. You just have to talk about this a lot with people. Yeah, you got to talk about it. You got to be vulnerable. What else? You got to pay attention to those dreams. You mm -hmm. know, I, I, I like when people write them down and they might not be practical today, but within that nugget, there might be um, a little life's purpose here. There might be a little life's purpose there. Um, you know, bringing clarity to what it is you want to accomplish in life, I think can um, uh, can, can feed that, you know, where do they see themselves in, in, in five years or those questions? Like if you could, um, you know, snap your fingers and your life was, was perfect as you could possibly make it, what would you be doing? Who would you be with? Where would you live? Um, and, 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 you know, even with those, um, you know, bumpers, it, it's an organic process that every man and women, but we're talking to you brothers and no, but you partners too. What's your life's purpose? That's important. Mm -hmm. that, that's part of my um, partner empowerment group. It's part of the men's program. Okay, John, I want you to tell everybody again um, where they can uh, get your books or where they can get information about you and what you do. Yeah. So, so my personal website, which is not, not my work website is johnwfort.com. And the, my work, the website um, under the group I work with is bebroken.com, B-E-B-R-O-K-E-N.com. And they have numerous websites, but you get all to them from that one central place. Awesome. Awesome. Well, John, I want to thank you so much for um, joining me. And, and when I look down at my phone and I see the list of topics that you had uh, mentioned to me before, um, you know, listen, I just picked this one because it's been an area that I've been talking a lot about lately and i think it's so so important to drive this point home that this life's purpose stuff um uh, is is really 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 critically mission critically important uh, but the list is long so i'd love to do this again i want to thank you so much for being here um and uh look forward to talking again sounds good Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. All right, everybody. We will be back next week. So make sure you subscribe to this video or to this podcast so you can get regular updates when we release um, new information. Um, and, 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 and if you are struggling, if you are in a place where you are flushing your life down the toilet and creating risks for yourself that are really unacceptable, and when you step back and, and look in the mirror, or if it's hard to even look in the mirror, but when you do, you don't like what you see, um, go to Be Broken, um, go to themindfulhabit.com, call someone, uh, connect with someone, uh, reach out and do something about it because life is too short to suck. See you next time. <laughs>